celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Touchdown, Jaguars! Wilford made the grab. The Jaguars are going to win. There's no time left. It is Wednesday, October 23rd. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the Fields Auto Group. And now, AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, runner-up, J.P. Shadrick. I, I don't think I'm going to get it this year if Josh Lambeau keeps doing what he's oh, doing. It's been impressive. It has. Welcome in, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, that senior writer, John Osher. Hi, John. Happy Jets Week. It is Jets Week, and it's... Uh... I think it's 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 an amazingly similar storyline the last week. Must win against a team that you should win. I mean, let's uh, yeah. You saw Monday night w- when you're one and five. You, I mean, even taking away Monday night, yeah. I, I think that was an outlier for the Jets. Everybody's gonna lock on to that. But it's a home game against a team that's that's uh, you know not the Saints. It's not the char- You know, it's not a great team coming in. So you ought to win it, just like you should have won last week. But as we saw last week. If you let teams hang around, and the Jaguars let the Bengals hang around, uh, NFL teams are dangerous. This is not college football where you can just sort of, you know, slide and gradually get away. You've got to earn your way away from teams, and that's a big topic this week. Uh, red zone scoring cost them last week. It's got to be better. Here's what's coming up on the program today here on Jaguars Happy Hour. Jets week underway, of course, as we said. We'll hear from head coach Doug Marone on a couple of topics this week. Quarterback talk. There's a quarterback back on the practice field this week you might have heard of. There are some linebackers that you might not have heard of that are on the practice field this week. Some new faces, at least. The uniform unveiling, Jimmy Luck due to join us at about 4.35 or so. Chris Conley due to join us in studio after meetings. That's around 4.45. And he'll have a special guest to be named. He'll surprise us once again. He always does. Uh, the big topics today, uh, really the injury bug going around this team, especially on the – what are you What are you doing, John? I, I was looking for the uh, special guest. Couldn't find it. Nope. Well, we're going to have that All at right. 445 today. Not on this sheet. So um, the big story today, injuries. Mm-hmm. And, of course, late in the game, the linebackers really had some issues last week against the, the yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, and they had to go sign some guys off the street. A name you know, Donald Payne, who was around here before, that'll help – a uh, name you also know, um, and, uh, and the former uh, Super Bowl MVP, who's now on this football team. Uh, he, you know, he's coming off the street, though. You just don't know what's going to happen there. Giles Harris coming off the practice squad. That's a lot of changes. Then you throw in Marcel Darius, who was not uh, here today. He was in Philadelphia um, with the the core muscle issue. Um, Marquis Lee's coming off of, of an ankle. You got. Uh, the left tackle who's got a toe issue who did not practice today. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a long list of guys not available for the Jags today. Yeah, it, it's a week. Uh, most teams at some point during the season go through a week like this. The Jags went through a lot last year, last year as we recall. But you're usually going to hit a stretch like this where you've got some stuff that you hope it's not season-ending, you hope you can get through it. Uh, I'm not sure I've ever quite seen a run on linebacker quite like this. I would anticipate Giles Harris getting a lot of reps because he's been around. This is a staff and a team that likes to go with what is familiar. So I would anticipate you seeing uh, uh, 
Miles and and uh, and Charles Harris and uh, Harris on the field. Uh, but these guys who got brought in this week, they're gonna have to play. I mean, it's it's gonna be a, an amazingly quick turnaround. Uh, you would anticipate seeing even more nickel than usual. Uh, if if Jacobs is down, you could alleviate that by just playing in your nickel package. Uh, Jared Wilson is basically uh, a, a a linebacker at times. He played it last week, some so you get you get by with that. But it's tough. I mean, it's it's you've got to get through it. Everybody's going to focus on the Jets all week and how poorly they played against uh, uh, the Patriots. But considering the Jaguars' injury list, considering what they're going to have to adapt to, uh, it, I just think it's going to be a closer game than people think. I think uh, the Jaguars' defense is going to be playing a motivated Jets team that has not been as bad most of the season with Darnold as it was on Monday. Doug Marone discussing the linebacker position earlier today in his Wednesday press conference. To add a couple of guys, we switched out uh, Perry and Joe Giles, Harris, uh, from practice squad the roster, and then we uh, brought Donald Payne back, who will be able to help us um, know the system, special teams-wise, and then Malcolm Smith, another veteran player who's, who's played in the system. So, obviously, when you bring that many players in, I'd probably be listed as doubtful that any of those other three, you know, will, will be ready to play this week, even though they're they're, they're obviously going to try. And Najee Good on that list as well, yeah. of course, for, for this Jaguars team. I spoke with Joe Giles Harris in the locker room today. He was on the practice squad the first seven weeks of the season, brought up to the active roster. He's fired up for sure. Oh, keeping up with my playbook and doing everything, doing the little things while I've been here, you know, hoping I'd get this chance, and I finally have it. So I'm ready to go, and like I said, in whatever capacity they need, whatever they need me to play, I'll be ready to play. There were a lot of new faces out there today, weren't there, right? <laughs> yes, yes, they were. Yes, they were. It's different. I mean, that's what the NFL is. You know, from the time I've been here, I've seen a lot of faces come and go, and it's, it's kind of, you know, a crazy, crazy thing. But uh, you get used to it, and, you know, you know, just talk, and you get guys in who are committed to a goal. So, you know, we still got the core, and, you know, these new guys are going to help us do what we've been doing. Miles Jack's still there, but uh, a lot of new faces around, and that's what kind of happens. And it's not just on the defensive side where this can affect things. I spoke with Josh Robinson in the locker room today. Special teams ace, cornerback, yeah, can play safety too. But on the special teams here, you got a lot of guys who may not have been around here. Now things change week to week on special teams and assignments and all that. But it's still – and that's kind of somehow sometimes how it happens on special teams. That part of the roster churns a lot during seasons. Well, it does, and it's why special teams coordinator is such a difficult job. It's – on a lot of teams, you're not getting guys, even at the beginning of the season, uh, that you love because some teams don't pay attention to it. This team does pay attention to special teams at the start of the season, so there's a priority on it. But uh, this is the time of year where those guys have to adapt quickly. They have to put guys in spots that are really starters for them, uh, and they're playing with backups and guys who were just off the street. So. It's tough. It affects things. And then when you turn it over even to the offensive side, the Jaguars now have two positions that are really depleted. You have tight end and you have linebacker yeah. that are way down from what you thought it would be. And even at the start of the season, frankly, those were not positions that on paper looked like great positions of strength with the starters or with depth. They were huge question marks going in. 
and now they're major question marks. You've got a tight end position now that is, uh, you know, you're counting on a rookie, Josh Oliver, to come back and play. You've got a linebacker position in it, where Miles Jack is, frankly, the one guy that any Jaguars fan would have heard of, Malcolm Smith, but you know the point, who had any relation to this team uh, as of Monday. So it it is... Uh, it is a tough situation that I usually believe you can get through certain injury spots without it affecting mm-hmm. you much. They're to the point at those two positions where it will affect and they have to overcome with performances somewhere else. We saw on your screen there that they have, of the active tight ends, only Seth DeValve has a catch. And that's one catch this year. The other two guys, I mean, they haven't been on the roster. Yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like Seth's been putting up numbers. I mean, that's right. so it's just not really his role, though. That hasn't no, been his that, role. He's been a bleed blocker and a, an extra tight. I mean, a tight end, a blocking tight end. A lot. And it's a lot to ask, but uh, they need. You know, I would put the percentages low at uh, Josh Oliver making a huge contribution because it's just tough after being out ten weeks right. to come back as a rookie. You know, you know, most rookie third-rounders are trying to figure out the whole season. Now he's being asked to be like a focal point on Twitter, Josh Oliver, Josh Oliver, Josh Oliver. That's a tough ask, but they've got to get something out of it because otherwise uh, the middle of the field on this offense, they're having trouble finding something to get going there. It's affecting the offense. Uh, you got to think some of the red zone yeah, stuff wouldn't hurt there is not having a tight end that you yep. can rely on. Nobody's fault, really, but uh, – They've got to get some production out of there, and it's going, be, it's going to be interesting to see where that happens. Now, we've, we're talking about news that will affect this game this week, obviously, but some news that could affect the Jaguars a couple of weeks away, the quarterback position. Nick Foles back at practice today, and head coach Doug Marone was asked, what if Nick Foles is not ready for Week 11? What would happen? I, I don't know. I mean, I really <laughs> don't. I think that's why you have a, a 21-day window, you know what I'm saying, for when the guy comes back and he starts practicing. I don't think I'm as concerned like when John said, hey, what do you expect and what are you looking for? I think this is just week one back, so we're going to take it back very slowly. And I'll probably be, you know, looking at it more so as we get closer, you know, to see to see where he is. And I think there'll be a lot of communication on, you know, how you feel and what's going on. Little by little there, you'll see some scout teams, some seven on – well, we won't see it, but he'll have some scout team work, some seven on seven. And then as the weeks go on, the next couple of weeks, he'll do more and more reps. Yeah, and uh, the viewer slash reader may have heard me laughing there at Doug's comment. Yes. It's, I, mean, I laughed when he said it in the press conference. It, it's exactly right. Hey, what's going to happen in a couple of weeks? I don't know. I mean, it, it, and that's exactly where we are in the whole story right now. What's going to happen, this is, this is still nearly three weeks out, two games. I don't know if it's going to be Minshew coming back. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be Foles coming back starting over Minshew. I think right now if I had to lean one way, my guess is that's what they'll do. It feels like that is more likely. But it's not like I'm talking a 95% chance. I mean, I just think that's probably the way they go. Uh, you don't know about uh, Minshew's health. He runs around a whole lot. Yep. You don't know about Foles' ability to stay healthy once he's back. Correct. So, um, with this quarterback situation, and this is not just the case with Jaguars fans, it's every quarterback situation that always happens. People always want to, who's going to start for the duration? Um, and that's what you want, ideally. But right now, the good news for the Jaguars is they have two guys who they like, who they feel good about, and that you feel like you can win with. Um, I think right now the best thing to approach is realize there's going to be a debate on the outside. 
but realize that this is going to be something that they maybe figure out as they go, and it becomes a decision after that buy, and uh, maybe not a wrong decision in there. So that, uh, as I said a couple of times, isn't this just like the Jaguars, JP, to be choosing between a couple of good quarterbacks? It happens all the time around it, here. You know, this problem has plagued this franchise <laughs> if they for years. Just get past that. Right. <laughs> then they can move forward. Uh, We did hear from quarterback Gardner Minshew today around all of this situation with Nick Foles back in the field. He likes it. I think we're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're pretty good at quarterback. Nothing else, you know. Hopefully that's that's the case. Um, You know, we love working together, and it's going to be a lot of fun. No, that's what, like, we're all, like, everybody in that room is worried about beating the Jets this week. And then next week is going to be beating the Texans. And then after that, it'll be beating whoever else we play after the bye. No, so there's Gardner Minshew today in good spirits, of course, about the whole deal. Not and that's that Nick, real. Not that Nick hasn't been around right. here, but it's just different seeing him back on the field. And, and that's real. I mean, it's, it's every quarterback, that, every time there's been a controversy throughout the history of time, um, what Gardner just said has been what has been said publicly. Oh, you're all on the same page. The room, we're all about winning. But with these two, I don't pretend to know Nick that well. He just got here in March. I pretend to know Gardner that well. But I never heard anything to make me think that those guys wouldn't be supportive of each other. It's probably about as, as good a situation as you could have yeah. to have two quarterbacks in that situation. Foles has proven over the length of his career, especially the last couple of years, that he can handle being the backup if he were to be. Minshew, you know, you've been around him. I can't imagine it being a you – know, they all want to play, but within the context of that being true, I think both these guys could handle it very well and be a positive. We'll hear from Leonard Fournette. He's scheduled to speak on Thursday, and it's always, as we say each week, it's, it's always interesting to see what he has to say. He's now leading the AFC in rushing. And just talking to some of the offensive linemen today in the locker room, they feel like they have some little something going in the mm-hmm. run game now, especially up front. It took them – a little bit to get going as an offense, I think, with that. And Leonard said that last week that he just, you know, he was a little bit. Uh, there was something the first few weeks didn't just didn't he he didn't say I forget his wording on it last week in the locker room in, in Cincinnati, but it just wasn't as good as it was the last three or four weeks. And now they've broken through here, and you see the numbers on your screen what Leonard has done. But some of those guys up front said today, hey, we're finally starting to get in a groove, even with some of the changes up front that they've had, the rotating guards on the right side and Cam in and out of the lineup on the left side. It's just taking a little while, but it's finally starting to get moving on offense. Well, it makes sense that it would have have struggled for a time. You you had uh, Juwan Taylor's a rookie. Cam Robinson didn't play last year, coming off an ACL. None of them played together during preseason. Uh, even if they had played during preseason, they don't play enough games anymore to get continuity in the running game early. You also had a tight end situation. Swain was new. Oliver was new. Uh, Swain, I believe, missed some time during the preseason, if I remember. Correct, yes, And, and so did Oliver. Yep. So it, w- it, was, uh, it was foolhardy, if you will, to think they were going to come out and be as good week one as they might be in week six or seven. Doug sort of hinted at this couple weeks back after I think it was after the uh, week six after New Orleans where he thought you know he was seeing stuff on tape that he liked when there were breakdowns it was one guy not the whole thing people kind of poo-pooed that and said ah well it, it should be better uh, one breakdown is enough to kill a whole running game all that's true 
But Doug doesn't use the bow smoke on stuff like that. That's correct. And you can tell in the results. You can tell how hard Leonard's running. I said this a few times, JP. Somewhere during Minshew Mania, you remember you were caught up in Minshew Mania. Remember that? We JP? all were. Yeah, I mean, yes. But you were out. You, we all might be. You were out in the bars, Minshew Mania. I've got jean um, shorts and the right. whole deal. Uh, and then there was the Ramsey thing that we were all caught up in. Somewhere during all that, Fournette got really, really good and became the player that they drafted. And they got back to being the team they wanted to be, which it seems always wanted to be a running team. During all that other stuff, mm-hmm. they, they got the offense to what they wanted it to be. Now let's see if they can go forward with it, but uh, all of a sudden he's the number four overall pick in the draft that you drafted, leading the AFC in rushing, sort of the identity of the team. And before those two storylines started developing, you know, in week two when we went into that phase, you'd have never thought that had been the case six weeks later. So while we weren't looking, he became the guy. You weren't looking, JP. I don't think anybody was looking. No, nobody. uh, Credit to him. Everybody was distracted by everything else. Yeah, credit to him because as we've gone over and over on this show, you would have never thought on August 1st that Leonard Fournette would be leading the league in rushing, that he'd be basically a team leader. You know, the team leader that I think they wanted him to be last year when he was captain. Uh, everybody sort of lampooned him being the captain last year because all the stuff he went through. Well, if he was the captain now, you wouldn't blink an eye at him. You'd think, hey, uh, good choice. So he's the guy now that they hoped he'd be all along. And uh, credit to him because I didn't think he could do it. Plenty to discuss in this program. We'll come back in a moment with the AFC South standings and the schedule ahead in the division this week. We'll get our players to watch as well. We'll hear from Jimmy Luck. That's a little later. We'll get the unveil of the uniforms for this week. And Chris Conley, Jaguars wide receiver, joins us each Wednesday. He'll have a special guest yet to be named out of the Jaguars locker room. That's coming up. And coming up, um, Jackson DeVille, Jaguars mascot, has been named a finalist for the National Mascot Hall of Fame. Online voting is open continues through Saturday at mascotholofame.com slash the vote. Vote once per day per email address. Mascots who appear on 65% or higher of the uh, total of final ballots will be elected to the class of 2020. Yes, this is a real thing in Whiting, <laughs> Indiana. It was established in 05 by the original Philly fanatic David Raymond. Back with more in a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. Step up to luxury now. He's had to clarify. I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group. Proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Workers' compensation and auto injury claims can be a hassle. Getting your prescriptions shouldn't be. At Smart Workers Pharmacy, they provide free home delivery of prescriptions with no upfront cost or hassle for the patient. They work with insurance companies and attorneys to handle the paperwork so you can focus on what's most important, getting better. If you're injured on the job or in an auto accident, ask your prescriber to send your prescriptions to Smart Workers Pharmacy. Visit smartworkerspharmacy.com to learn more. The official pharmacy of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, senior writer John Osier. Jags Jets coming up Sunday, Sunday, Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. To the, the game this week presented by Baptist Health, changing health care for good. This time, this part of the program each week, we pick our players to watch. You know, you get all the, the, the guys we talked about to open the show, Fournette and Minshew and... DJ Charks leading the AFC and receiving, and those are the big flashy names, right? Well, we're going to dig – well, not dig a little deeper. We'll give you some other players to watch. Actually, no, because one of mine's DJ Chark. But it's fine. We well, can, that's okay. <laughs> or Chark, <laughs> right, okay? Right. Or Chark. Or, or you can pick right. one of the flashy guys if you right. want. You can, that's the point. You can pick whoever you want. So, John, who are yours? Well, week? I've already spoiled the lead. Uh, DJ Chark's one. Um, uh, and I picked him because, although you say he's a flashy guy, and he is, yeah. uh, he has been limited the last couple of weeks uh, by uh, basically what happens in the NFL. He, he had five good games, five really good games. Uh, teams watched film and said, okay, we're going to take this element of the Jaguars away. We're going to take Shark's ability to win athletically, win with the speed. We're going to double him over the top with the safety high. We do that on both sides of the field and take that away. Well, it's worked. And last week you saw the first inklings. DJ Chark uh, taking away what should happen. Chris Conley should start winning, and D.D. Westbrook should have more opportunities. That happened. So now I would expect teams to realize that they have to take those things away too. And I would expect D.J. Chark, over the course of time, to start learning more how to beat that coverage. Uh, there are ways to beat any coverage. The great ones start beating it. So I would expect DJ to start bouncing back, and uh, I think this is a week where he could do that. That just takes repetition and doing it in games and, and figuring it out. Somebody can tell it to you. Obviously, right. you know, Keenan McCardell can tell him how to do it, but you just got to go try to do it. It right? also realistically takes some patience. I mean, it's, it's uh, as a young number, you know, it's why early on in the season when everybody said, oh, he's a one, he's a one, he's a one. Well, it usually takes receivers three or four years to get to a point where they're a true one because you've got to get through phases like this. You've got to learn how to beat these things. Um, so I think what will happen is if they keep doing this defense, the Jaguars will say, that's fine. We'll hit DJ a few times, keep trying. But we'll also take Westbrook and Conley. And, and we'll win there as well. So the team will be fine doing that, as they showed last week. So I expect DJ to start beating that a little more, a little more each week, and to start benefiting from teams looking at Conley and Westbrook. Defensively, I found this one uh, fairly interesting because early in the year, this guy was um, taking a lot of heat, and then he's turned it around a little bit as the last few weeks have gone. Yeah, it's... It's uh, Taven Bryan who had his best game the other day. I think most people who follow the Jags would uh, realize what he did. Without Taven's pressure, the unique Ngakwe pick six doesn't happen. He forced that. But he also did other things. He had four or five plays where he really showed up. The reason I picked him for this is I don't know 
it seems doubtful with Marcel Darius going to Philadelphia uh, for treatment today. It would seem doubtful that Marcel is a plays Sunday, where he's 100 percent, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they have needed all along with Marcel's contract indicating that there's a good chance he wouldn't be back next year. They need Taven to develop and become a force on the inside. That's why he was drafted. Absolutely. Well, now with him hurt, what an ideal time. If what we saw last week is real, and sometimes it takes time for that to be consistent. But uh, Taven Bryan's important because if Marcel's not playing, all of a sudden you get a lot thinner there and you need playmaking there. Taven did it last week, needs to do it again. All right, you have DJ Shark, Taven Bryan, two very nice choices. Thank you, this week. I appreciate that. Uh, I like those. Miles Jack for me on defense. We could pick any of the new names if you wanted to, or Giles Harris, the rookie, but I'm going with Miles Jack because you got to keep all that together. Uh, there may only other be one other linebacker on the field at one point, the way they play with a nickel and all that stuff, but for Miles to get these moving parts and things in the right order. If for some reason there are more than that out there, then he's going to get them in the right place. So for me, Miles Jack, he had an interception last week on a fantastic play in Cincinnati. How can he keep this group going? I think is a big focus. The cloning would be good at this point. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. It's about what's I mean, left, right? I bounced off a couple of people. They say, good idea. He's the only guy that you've heard of that's healthy. And uh, so I agree with you. I think he's an important guy for a couple of reasons. Um, he hasn't played as poorly as observers believe. He had a bad play against Carolina. There's a couple of breakouts. A lot of his issue has been trying to make up for youth around him. Uh, that went away a little bit. If you notice when uh, Najee Good was playing, mm-hmm. all of a sudden Miles started playing better. Well, now he's back to where it's as difficult as part of the season has been on that front form, it gets even more difficult. So I agree with you. I was going to pick Miles until I found out you picked Miles ah. for this because it's a, it is very important that he play well. It's very important that he keep the people around him on the same page. And against a guy like Le'Veon Bell, whose MO is patience, make you jump out of your lanes defensively, make you miss, he really exploits what they have done poorly at times he can hurt you if you jump out of your lane. So it is going to be up to Miles to A, stay disciplined and keep the people around him disciplined. Uh, the Jets, there's not that much that can hurt you offensively. That can. Yeah, Lavian can, yeah. can pick you apart if you let him. And then other one, we, uh, we kind of foreshadowed it earlier, the tight end position. Only one catch among the active tight ends right now, Seth DeValve, and he's the fullback most times. Um, and talking to him in the locker room today, it's kind of how a lot of these, some of the tight ends in the league have gone. A lot of teams don't have a true fullback sure. anymore. So you put an H back back there, and that's what Seth DeValve has been a lot of times for this team. But you have to be able to run the route tree as a tight end and block outside and block in the backfield. And, you know, there's only a, a few guys that are really able to do all of that in the league. Koyak's been around here for a bit, but he was signed off the street in week six after the O'Shaughnessy injury. And then Josh Oliver made his debut last week, but was not targeted. He was fantastic in the offseason program, but he's been hurt the entire training camp and, and into the season. So he's back. Can he get moving after the Jeff Swaim injured reserve move? We'll see. This is a big, uh, obviously we've talked about it already. It's a huge question mark for this offense. It would help in the red zone. It would help over the middle of the field. 
and help balance things out if they can get some production in the passing game from these guys. Yeah, it's it's reached a point where it's glaring, and it, it's reached a point where uh, it feels like there's only one answer, and that's Josh Oliver right now, unless they go trade for somebody next week. Uh, it feels like that's the only answer, and I don't know if we have any idea what that answer is yet, and, and it's a tough spot. I don't know where the improvement comes from. And if it doesn't come from Josh, and I think it's uh, – it's almost unfair to him to expect him to lift something this heavy. No doubt. Uh, yeah. And so it seems like, depending on what happens this weekend, depending on how he plays and what they can do, they may be in the market next week sort of out of desperation at that spot. Uh, it hasn't been their MO, but it's – it's it's a really difficult spot that I'm not sure they dig out of without some outside help. They might, might have to go make a move and yeah. do something. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, there's there are players to watch. I had uh, Miles Jack and the tight end position, so I guess that's technically four guys. And you had DJ Chark and Taven Bryan. Good choices. Thank you, JV. For, I so was talking yours. about mine, but yes, okay, well, that's fine. Yours were good too, that's John. Fine. Uh, let's take a look at the AFC South standings. Where do the teams stand after Week Number Seven and the Indianapolis Colts? are now in first place at four and two Houston four and three the Jags and the Titans in that order of course the Jags get the Texans next week in London all of these teams coming up this week though as we look at the week eight schedule they're all at home this week Broncos at the Colts of course Jets are here in Jacksonville the Bucks at the Titans and the Raiders at the Texans all home games in the AFC South the Broncos game you know they have the defense to, and some parts on that defense, as we saw at times, to, to do some things. Uh, the Buccaneers, if Jameis doesn't throw five interceptions, they can hang in there. And the Raiders are the Raiders. They can hang in there, too. Yeah, it feels to me right now like you've reached a point with the Texans and the Colts. You can't let them get further away. But if you're going to reel them back in, you're going to have to do it with your own fishing rod. You know, you're going to have to beat them. And uh, so with the Colts, I would say don't lose. Don't lose any more ground in the loss column. You've got them twice. Uh, there's no reason that you can't beat that team. You've matched up, even in years where you've struggled, you've matched up well against this team. Last year when the Colts were really hot, you beat them. Uh, you should have beaten them up there. Uh, so the Colts are not ungettable, but you've got to not let them gain any more ground when you're not in the same field with them. So, uh, with the AFC South right now for the Jags, uh, a win some games. You haven't played your way completely out of it. You've got three games left against the leaders. Uh, you know, you follow baseball, JP. That's, there's no magic numbers uh, involved. You can still go get them. Just start winning. Start winning your own games and then let the season play out as it will. Um, there you have it, our look around the AFC South in week number eight. Coming up at Daly's Place, busy schedule. Bastille, October 26th. Sting, November 8th. Sarah Bareilles, November 22nd. This is Sarah Bareilles. And then December 15th, a meet in Greece with Danny and Sandy. That's John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Tickets at dailiesplace.com. Back in a moment. Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager, joins us. He'll unveil the uniform combination for this Sunday at home against the New York Jets. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.
step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Take home a delicious game day win with free delivery from Mellow Mushroom, powered by DoorDash. Their signature stone-baked pizzas, sandwiches, and mellow munchies are the perfect play to score big with your family and friends. Order online at order.mellowmushroom.com and don't forget to follow on Facebook where the Roar of the Jaguars will make a special delivery to one lucky fan during every away game. Place your order today and get the taste that's deliciously Duval. Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and that music each week means it's time for Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager. What's happening? What's up, man? How are you? Just, just getting ready. A little home game. Fired up. A big home game, not a little one. Big. It's huge. Yeah, that's, that's a big game. Because, I mean, guess it's the last game in this stadium. Well, that, obviously. Because it's the next one. But it's the last game in this stadium for the Jaguars until December. Think about that for a while. You got to take advantage of these home games. That's, That's good right. news for you because you'll be doing a lot of traveling. Yeah, I'm excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> Although there is a bye week in there, I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah, so the yeah, bye week's coming up, but one one week at a time. Jimmy. That's right, exactly. What's the hat this week? I see there's a we, uh, crucial catch this week. Okay, we pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I like that. And they used to do just the, the breast cancer awareness, and now it's all different. This is kind all of cancers, them. Yeah, right? this okay. is all of them. Yeah. So everybody has their own their own thing. That's pretty cool. And how much gear is there involved with it now? Is it just hats now? I mean, cause it used to be. Um, those have like the QB towels, some gloves, some cleats, okay. um, sweatshirts. Although it may um, it may be a little warm for sweatshirts this week, but hopefully it won't rain. Because for a while, when it, when it was first breast cancer mm-hmm. awareness, when it was mainly it was, breast cancer, it was it was like a lot of pink. Yeah, everywhere. it was a lot. So yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, on Sunday, when the Niners played in Washington in the horrible rain conditions, mm-hmm. and Washington is noted for not having the best surface around as the season goes on especially, but in a swamp like that, as an equipment manager... I feel bad for those guys. Yeah, when you're going into that I don't wish that on anybody. You know what's coming, <laughs> and but you have to get the team prepared as well. Different kind of cleats, different spikes. Uh, explain the process of getting ready for a game like that and then the aftermath of a game like that. <laughs> Well, it's not fun. Um, obviously, footing was was quite an issue there. Um, we anytime we play on a grass surface, uh, we take uh, the screw ends, um, seven studs, some people call them. But basically, you can take the cleats out and adjust it. You know, however length. There's a couple different lengths. Now, so, how many would that be? Would that be a set for every shoe you have with you? I mean, is it that many? 
Clean. Yeah, so what we we pretty much have them set up with because there's the the low one which is a half inch, okay, and then there's five eighths. We pretty much pack them in the trunk at five eighths, okay. Because if you're wearing half inch, you're probably going to wear your molded, your regular molded, okay, bottom shoes. So that's why we pull that out. But there's some guys that will wear um, maybe like a special pattern on there, like you know, kind of we call it the diamond pattern, where it's more in the forefront. And if they come off foot. and say, "I need to switch," there's a guy screwing in the cleats. Right. Yeah, okay. so we've got like a little pit crew with the gun, or the okay. uh, the drill gun there, and we get it going. So and, that's why. At and least, how much time does it take to switch out? Like, is it? Um, it's it's pretty 17. quick. Seventeen point one seconds, like a NASCAR. You know, I haven't timed ourselves right. lately. <laughs> um, most guys don't like wearing them, but obviously when we go to London, that'll be a big sure, deal. Big deal there. Um, so we'll have them, and we, you know, we try to encourage the guys to at least put the shoes on and wear them. So that way, even if they adjust the length, as long as they have them on, that's a little bit easier switching them out gotcha. than. Have take to take it all, off. yeah. Like right. especially yeah. if they've taped up on the outside of their shoe, like it, it takes a little bit. So yeah, and you don't that, you don't have that much time sometimes on the sideline. To, that's to right. Well, that's that. why we encourage them during pregame warmups to go out there and, and test it and see what they got. And, there's always a couple that don't listen to you. you? Oh, there's no doubt. That's <laughs> how <laughs> it works sometimes. That's right. You can take them to water. That's right. You can't. You can't make them drink it. Uh, let's see. All right. So it's a home game coming up. Mm-hmm. It's week number eight. It's the last home game in Jacksonville for a while. So, with that in mind, what will the Jaguars wear this week against right. the New York Jets? What you got for us, Jimmy? So we got the white pants. We've been wearing those a lot. Uh, a little bit. And then we're going to go with the uh, teal jerseys. Ah, teal at home again. So we got the AFC player, the special teams player of the week there. <laughs> Josh Lambeau Lambo. jersey. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's been perfect this year, and um, he is the AFC special teams player of the week. He likes and bringing donuts in for us. That's nice. Does he really? You can tell. Yeah, it's right there. I, well, there you go. That's what that's what it takes to get the jersey on the show right. sometimes, right? <laughs> uh, teal over white. I like it. Good home look. Yep. For the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Uh, and Jim, like teal. This they do. Yes, they do. it should be a nice uh, nice weather weekend. Hopefully, have you looked at the yeah, weather? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a little chance of rain, but uh, maybe it'll hopefully just be partly cloudy. Won't be as hot. Cool it off a little bit around here. I would finally. That'd be nice. But, it, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll still get an 85-day here or there. Won't get that in London next week, I'll tell <laughs> no, you that. It'll be, it'll be a little cooler. Looking ahead a little bit. Looks like it's uh, mid-50s is the high, mid-40s is the low. Rain, rain, rain. A little During bit, the week, yeah. During least. the week, yeah. See what happens on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Jimmy, thank you. Always, All right. Always good to see you. Appreciate it. Uh, teal over white for the Jaguars at home this week against the New York Jets. There's a good look at D.D. Westbrook. Who uh, hopefully will get in the end zone this week? Be nice. Yeah, the, the, the receivers have been playing well overall last week. Uh, they spread the wealth a little bit. Yeah, You'll see them. got a little touchdown too. Right, he did. He did. And we're going to hear from uh, Chris Conley coming up, who had exactly. a big hand in last week's game. Yes, too. he had a big game. He had a big like forty-seven yarder in the mm-hmm. second half, in the fourth play. quarter, Huge big play. play to get him down close. So. Uh, he's coming up. Jimmy, we'll talk to you. All right. Head equipment Jimmy, manager, thanks. Jimmy Luck, joining us. The uh, Jags have launched a new mobile app and secure digital ticketing this year. The all-new official Jags app features exclusive content, enhanced game day alerts, and much more. Look for secure digital ticketing this Sunday. That means screenshots are not allowed. Download or update the official Jaguars app on Apple and Android devices. We're back in a moment. It's Jaguars happy hour on the... Jaguars Digital Network. Lonely, 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 lonely
step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. We're back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group, the Jaguars and the New York Jets coming up Sunday at TIAA Bank Field, the game presented by Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Coming up, Chris Conley and a guest to be named. Once meetings are done, they'll join us here in studio, and we will get some thoughts on last week's matchup and look ahead to this week's game against the Jets. Uh, I'm interested to see what this – as we talked about earlier, what this offense can do. And they put up 460 yards last mm -hmm. week. It's not like they didn't move the ball. They didn't have great starting field position early in that game in Cincinnati. They, it's like their own 16 in the first half was the average starting field position. They just, when they stalled out, they had to punt away. And, you know, they're out gaining by 200 yards yeah. of Bengals and ended up trailing at the half. And then they found a little bit more in the in the second half and, um, of course, the turnovers help when you get some extra possessions. So can they get it established early? Can they do something early? It's been a talking point for a few weeks around here. If they can just get in the end zone early, they were a yard away from it yeah. on the opening drive last and year. And I think that's what's, you know, when you analyze football like this, sometimes you sort of get into um, – you're looking at things, you're saying, well, it felt like they were – struggling in the first half it felt like boy and i got a lot of tweets oh they're oh, oh they're playing lousy what's wrong with this team well it was really a difference in one yard was the perception of that game meaning you drive the length of the field in a, in a beautiful efficient drive with the first drive if you score there if leonard gains one instead of loses one you're up seven nothing all of a sudden, when you get the field goal later on, you're 10 nothing, and you feel like you're in control rather than holding your breath and one play away. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not diminishing the fact they didn't score in the red zone. They must do that better because in this league, if you don't get, if you don't get points out of your opportunities, you leave yourself open to getting beat. But this was not a case of the Jaguars being dysfunctional for 60 minutes offensively against a lesser team. It was a matter of them struggling on a few plays in the red zone. They had, what, 470 yards? I mean, somewhere in the fours. And they had 
I, I can think of at least three or four long drives ended in field goal. Correct. Well, yep. the bad news is you didn't s- score touchdowns, but the good news is you were moving efficiently. They were running. They had 130 yards uh, rushing. So I don't think it was as atrocious an offensive effort as some of my email or some of our uh, you know, closet analysts tend to think. Yeah, 460 is not a bad day at the office. Yeah, so let's not go overboard and think, oh my goodness, there's a lot of deficiencies right now offensively. They couldn't do anything. It's a bad thing. They struggled in the red zone, and that was the difference between you feeling great this week and you being concerned. you got to get that fixed, but the tools are there to fix it. I'm really impressed with the wide receivers on this team, JP, and I know know we can talk about that uh, when Chris gets in here. They they've spread gone, the wealth, right? Yeah, they've gone yeah. from being a team that you wondered what was going on at wide receiver in the offseason to now um, the bad news is they've taken Chark away for a couple of weeks. Well, the good news is the other day you had two guys step up in his place, yep. and all four of the wide receivers in that game made plays you remember. Cole caught the touchdown. Westbrook obviously had a 100-yard day. Conley sets up the game uh, winning or the game uh, go-ahead touchdown catches a two-point conversion and even DJ when he shut down has a play that goes and sets up a field goal the one where he uh, tight ropes down the sidelines Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that you can remember that many games since we've been here together JP where you had four receivers make big plays and feel like they were all capable of doing that on a given you know they're they're okay at receiver, and as they get better, I think you're going to see them. Remember, you're only seven games into the scheme. Yeah. You're still playing with young quarterbacks. If they had a tight end, boy, wouldn't they be uh, efficient in that area. But the receivers, I think, have a chance to keep taking steps, and they feel more reliable than I thought they would during the offseason. Yeah, I'm just trying to think through that that comment you just made there about since we've been here. I've been here since 2012. You were here a year before that, and – in the closest I can come was Cecil Shorts and Justin Blackman, but I can't remember anybody else of right. that caliber. You know that yeah. that that balanced and three got four three guys right deep, now you know? that you feel pretty good about. And I know Chris had a couple of games in a row where he hadn't done much, but uh, you know, again, a lot of what's been going on early. There's still a small sample size through seven. You know, you know now you're getting to the point where there's a sample size, and early on, you got to remember. They're playing with a quarterback. When Gardner first went in, they had no idea what he could do, what he did well. They didn't know what the – they were just hoping to put a game plan together that they could get some first downs. That's realistically. When you've got a rookie quarterback you know anything about. So it's only now that they're getting to a situation where, okay, here's what these guys do well. Here's what Chris does well. Here's what they do well together. They don't have any – uh, institutional memory on that yet so they're just developing that so interesting group the wide receiver and yeah. I, i'm curious to see what they can do over the next month yeah, the other duo obviously alan hearns and alan robinson but there wasn't really a third yeah marquise guy. during Killed, that yeah. year was hurt now yeah. uh, yeah so it's interesting our uh, regular co-host each and every wednesday on jaguars happy hour presented by the fields auto group is jaguars wide receiver chris conley Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing really well. Uh, you know, I had a, a wonderful guest for the show today, and he just decided to walk out of the building. What? And, uh, you know, not come on the show today. So I apologize if I throw a lot of shade in his direction today. But, you know, he, he, had a, names? he had a great game this weekend. Really clutch catch. You know, 
the only one of you know the receiving touchdown of the game, and it was just it was a big play, a lot oh. of momentum. You know, I won't name his name, okay, but you know he likes to make acrobatic one-handed catches, mm. and you know he's a fan favorite, and you know he might wear the number eighty-four, and you know, you know his name might rhyme with. Beeland Bowl, <laughs> right? Okay, but you know he walked out just about like thirty seconds ago. I, 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 can't. I can't, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know. You know, at this point, I've probably forgotten who it is too. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe another time. Maybe another. But time. maybe the good news here, JP. Yes, this is a week where it, if Chris had come in and said, "I'm bringing Chris Conley as my guest," you'd been happy with. It. Yeah, because a big game the other day for you. Well. <laughs> I guess. That's my segue. Again. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> right. that. I thank you. Thank you for justifying this. You know, I'm kind of bummed. I'm a little bummed. No, we, but, we're uh, never bummed to have you here. So yeah, you know, we don't I just need to all grill the Keelan for a little bit. But all the noise. It's all right. Yeah. No, this was um, it was this was a, a good getting back on track mm-hmm. week for us. Uh, I think it was a good getting on back on track week uh, for the whole team. You know, really, uh, we we had some good plays made across the board. Defense with the turnovers, spectacular day. Offense, uh, starting the game off fast with some rhythm, moving the ball, not necessarily scoring, but moving the ball um, down the field and really setting the tempo for the day and overcoming some questionable field position starts to really get going eventually and, um, and finish, finish on a day. Um, so it was, it was a, you know, not necessarily pretty, but it was necessary for us. You know, we were just talking about this, John, and uh, about the the depth of the receiver room here and comparing it to some past receiver rooms we've had around here, at least. And the only kind of duo I could think of a while back was, and uh, since we've been here eight years or so, um, was uh, Blackman with Cecil Shorts. They both had big years, but it wasn't really a third or fourth guy. Mm-hmm. And then Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns, but Marquise was hurt back then a lot. Now it's if DJ's covered up, mm-hmm. you're here. Obviously, Dee's here. Keelan Cole can step in and catch a touchdown and contribute. It's a it's a a group that in the training camp we wouldn't really see it yet on the field. Mm-hmm. Now you're starting to see across the board guys in this receiver room can make plays. Yeah, you know I think that guys in this room really had a lot of faith in the talent in the room. Uh, we had a, f- a lot of faith in the speed in the room. We had a lot of faith in the coachability of the room, you know, as the season goes on, offenses have to change because defenses pick up keys. They start to double people. They do things differently. And you have to be able to adjust on the fly. And, and we've really been uh, high on the fact that even though it's a young group, these guys can adjust. They can adjust quickly and they can adjust during a game and still be effective given whatever situation the defense presents us. I thought the other day, Chris, that your 47-yard reception – Obviously a big play because of the length. But when that play happened, I thought to myself, this is why you bring a veteran receiver to a team to make a play in that situation when the team absolutely needed it. Um, does that kind of thing go through your mind at all before a play like that or in a moment like that of, okay, I'm the veteran. If this ball comes to me, i got to step up. Or, or you always just think about making a play. Does that – because does think, that resonate with you? I think a little bit of that resonates with me. I, one of the things that was being said on the sideline uh, for like five to ten minutes before that play actually took place was Keenan McCardo was walking by our bench and saying, hey, it's going to come down to us. You know, the game was close and was pretty tight. Mm-hmm. And saying, hey, someone's going to have to make a play. There's going to be a play uh, that's going to really get the ball rolling for us and it's going to change the momentum of this game. Um, and so that was in the back of my head saying, you know, if there's an opportunity – 
uh, we got to make a play. We got to make a play. Whoever it is in our room has to make a play. It starts and ends with us in the receiver room. And then the other thing that's in my head is, you know, there's not that many opportunities out there. You know, some, some offenses, they throw the ball all game, and, you know, <laughs> guys can get seven catches, eight catches, you know, ten targets a game. But that's just not the, the case here. Yeah, so don't let you, the ball pass up, right? Exactly, because, you, know, you, <laughs> you know, you might get a couple. I had three. And um, on each of those, I'm thinking, catch this ball, secure it, and run and get as many yards as you can because, you know, they just, um, you know, sometimes they come in bunches and sometimes they're sparse. And it seemed on that play, as soon as you caught the ball, I know you're always thinking about, I want to turn this into more. But on that play, there was a a, uh, determination to turn it into as much more as you could. Yeah, you know, um, just saw the defense and the way that they, they were shifted. I knew I was singled up. Everybody else on the other side of the field, and I saw there was a gap. Um, was able to squeeze through it. Great ball by Garner. Awesome play call. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've been, that's the perfect look for that play call. You know, there's a really a run-pass option, um, and he pulled it, threw it. Glad that he did. And we were able to get the ball down into the red zone uh, inside the 10. So, you know, it was a huge play for us. But uh, in that situation, you know, the only thing on my mind is make it count. And now that we're seven or eight games into Gardner, um, with some perspective on what he's done, uh, how big of a challenge and a transition were those first few weeks when you're trying to get used to a kid who's coming in? You've been working with Nick, basically. I assume you didn't have much rep, or, uh, many reps with Gardner during the training camp. Mm-mm. How big of a transition with, was that for the receivers? Uh, for maybe those first two or three weeks, just getting used to that and knowing what he was going to do well. You know, it was um, it was an adjustment for some of us. Uh, you know, I, I hadn't gotten any reps with Garner until he was in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, I had thrown with him in warming up, and really that was about it. Gotcha. But um, up until that point, I really thought of it from this angle. I thought that most of the adjusting was going to take place on his end. Mm-hmm. And so the way I approached it was saying, hey, if there's anything that I can do to make this kid feel comfortable. And, you know, you saw some of that in the first game with Kansas City. Just give him an outlet. When he doesn't know where to go with the right. ball, just be able to dump it off to somebody and make something positive happen. Um, we were able to make some of those plays happen. And then, you know, you see the developing relationship with DJ Chark and with D.D. Westbrook, and he begins to get comfortable with people around him. Uh, but really that was our, our approach to it was like, hey, this young guy is going to be thrown into some situations that he might not have been prepared for. But in that, in those situations, make up the slack for him. Be there. Uh, if the timing is off on something, make it up. If he's not really sure about something, make it happen. Make it work anyway. And uh, I think the guys in the receiver room did a really good job of that. And now, um, you know, we have all the confidence in the world in the kid. Chris Conley with us, Jaguars wide receiver, each Wednesday on Jaguars Happy Hour. Yes, John? We should ask him some questions as Keelan Cole. Oh, oh yeah, that's it. a great question. Hey, so Keelan, Keelan, I hope you're watching. <laughs> so, Keelan, you uh, the the ball that was thrown for a touchdown your way. It looked like you came back to it. Uh, give us an idea of what you saw when the ball was in the air. Well, Keelan. you know, I was uh, running a corner route, simple high low read off the corners and the uh, the inside safety. You know, uh, Cincinnati actually switched switched the playoff. You know, instead of playing man, if it was man-to-man, we probably would have thrown the ball underneath, but they switched it off. So it was me on a corner with outside leverage. I was able to get around him. And you know me, I really like to catch stuff with one hand. But that was a really tough situation, and I had to catch it with two. So, you know, next time I'm hoping that Garner gives me a better ball so I can (laughs) reach back and catch it like that. But got to do what you got to do. Keelan, should you be playing over Conley? 
you know what? I think I should be. I think I know all the answers to everything. But I mean, I'm not going to say that out loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> in all seriousness with him, uh, he seems to have been a guy this year playing as the fourth receiver. You don't get as many reps as the other guys. But in a couple of situations, he has come up big when it was needed and made a couple of really big plays for you guys. Yeah, you know, that's, the, that's a tough position to be in. Uh, fourth receiver. I, I have been in every position in a receiver room. You know, I've, I've played number one. I've been the two. Uh, I've been the three. I've been the four. I've been the fifth receiver. And, you know, the fourth receiver is a really tough spot uh, because if you're the fifth receiver, you have a larger role on special teams. So you know what your day is going to look like on Sunday. At the fourth receiver, uh, your job on special teams is a little bit more murky. Your job on offense is even murkier. And you have to be ready to be able to. You have to be able to be plugged in in any situation in an offense and really make whatever play. You might not have repped it one time the whole year, but you get put in in a clutch situation and you got to make the play. And and you do that cold. You come off the bench cold, you know, playing what five snaps before that, and then having a touchdown in a key moment of a game thrown to you. Got to make the play. And Keelan's done a great job of that this year. I was going to ask you this too. It's. It's always struck me for a receiver especially that you, know, you caught a two-point conversion the other day. Now, you're in the end zone. It's got to be the same sort of feeling as a touchdown. Not at all. But it, not at all, right? <laughs> not at all. And, and, but it sort of should. It Shouldn't should count be, as a but it doesn't. Two-point conversions don't count for anything. You don't they get count paid for, two for that, points, right? Is what That's, they count for. They don't for. count for anything. <laughs> they count for two points. They don't count for anything. My stat line after the game said three <laughs> catches for 83 yards. The two-point conversion was a fourth catch. It didn't even count. Right. You didn't even get the well, – that would hurt your average anyway. But it's, it, it almost does. Still be six. <laughs> two-point conversions don't count for anything. When but, you go to the bargaining table against the team and you say, hey, I scored a two-point conversion. Look at my two-point conversion. That, that doesn't count. <laughs> They're not going to pay you for that. I love it, man. Uh, so, all right, home game Sunday, and it's the, the last game in this stadium until December 1st. Ooh. Think about that for a while because of the London home game coming up next week and then a bye and then a couple of road games. So, uh, as we said last week, that was the game you're looking at. Cincinnati had to have that game to get things turned the right way. This one against the Jets is kind of the same feel, right? You get back to 500, everything's back to where you guys felt it could be, right? Once again, reiterate the same thing that I said last week. This week is the most important week. This game is the most important game. I sound like a broken record when I say it, but when you live and operate with that mentality in this league, good things happen. And I'm hoping that everyone in the locker room agrees with me on that. If we can really just focus in on this game, make sure that we can get just a little bit better at some of the things from last week. Um, you know, the defense, if they could get a little bit better than four turnovers, that would be great. If the offense, if we can score when we have opportunities in the red zone, especially early, you know, this, this offense scored points last week, but if we can get some of those points on the first half, on the early end of a game, that can change momentum and help it swing. If we can save some field position uh, and make some more big plays on special teams, you know, that, that would be big for us this week. So if we can lock in and focus, it'll do us wonders before we have to become road warriors. You've been playing, obviously, five or six years in this league. The difference in just tone and confidence, but situational football that you play the rest of the half tied zero zero after the first drive doesn't happen or up seven nothing mm -hmm. it's a mammoth change in how huge. you approach the rest of the game right huge 
situational football is is so important and it's one of those things that you really you try to get as much work of it as you can uh without you know taking time away from something else mm-hmm. that's necessary but trying to teach guys who haven't necessarily played or been in a lot of those situations for that long how a game can change with those points and you don't want to get into percentages and say oh you know your percentage drops to this uh if you don't score here but you know those numbers are real but you don't want to you don't ever want to tell somebody hey it's not possible because this game is 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 full of impossibles but when you can score early like that and you can create a lead uh, you allow your defense to pin their ear, ears back and go after a quarterback and a secondary to play like that. It changes the course of a game. And really, once you get to the end of the half and end of the game in two-minute situations, you minimize the chances and percentages of a quarterback, a really good quarterback, coming back into the game late. I, uh, I heard you had some surf time this week. Is that right? We had a Yeah, a little bit. Yeah? A little bit. Uh, you company know, with you this week? It was, it was disappointing <laughs> that the one day that – the camera crew decides to come out and surf. It, there's nothing out there. We were sitting. We were sitting basically on a lake. We were sitting on Jacksonville Lake for a good hour uh, out there. When we thought that there was going to be just a little bump, we thought there was going to be a little tiny longboard wave. Nothing. Now, will you wetsuit once the winter really comes? Or oh yeah, I'm already halfway there. I'm wearing. Okay. A, I'm wearing a wetsuit top already. Gotcha. Uh, I have fully converted to being allergic to the cold since being here uh when i got here from kansas city i remember going out when people were wearing wetsuits and i was wearing nothing i was just wearing trunks i was like this is great everybody's like you're crazy you but do. now oh no i'm i'm converted man completely <laughs> converted stay warm. cover me up uh chris good to see you uh keelan thanks for coming oh, oh yeah. thanks keelan, keelan can we yeah. get the camera over there can we get the yeah, camera over to keelan cole man Keelan, you're you're just looking great today. <laughs> there he is, man. Wow. My yeah, guy, yeah. my guy. Hey, everyone on Twitter, make sure that you go and tweet at Keelan and tell him, man, you were great on the show today. He's so fast, he barely. Oh man, <laughs> he is. Chris, good luck to you this week, man. Thank you, Chris Conley, Chris, Jaguars thanks. wide receiver, with us every Wednesday. Uh, thanks to our entire crew, uh, Jimmy Luck for John Osier and Chris Conley. I'm JP Shadrick. We'll see you next time. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.